Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 176 is entitled A Demonstration in Denver. On March 24, 2018, Linda and I, after touring the Holly Brown House, were swept away in a river of happy protesters in downtown Denver, Colorado all flowing toward the Capitol to an anti-gun rally, attended by hundreds of people carrying homemade signs of protest. They were led by ministers, civic leaders, and concerned parents. The day was crisp, the sky blue, the people jovial, the demonstration peaceful, attended by the very young and the very old. Some of the signs were clever, though many used violent and vulgar language. The crowds were courteous and kind, the speakers loud, artificial, sonorous and belligerent, rhythmically chanting the plagiarized parallelism of Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, trying to rouse the distracted crowd who appeared more in a picnic mood than a protest demonstration. They were exercising their rights of freedom of assembly and freedom of speech to trample on the Second Amendment and destroy every citizen's right to bear arms. Nothing is very simple. One would feel safe in the hands of a thousand of those jovial protesters at the rally. Armed or not, yet they were willing to give up their guns in some vain hope that terrorists, criminals, thieves, housebreakers, fanatics, deranged aberrations, robbers, intruders, and murderers will also voluntarily give up their guns. I care nothing for guns. I don't shoot. I don't hunt. I can't stand to see anyone or anything suffer. I'm a sentimentalist when it comes to animals, but I eat meat. I wear leather shoes and fur-lined coats, and I care for the Constitution. And I will oppose those good people of Denver, Colorado, who voted to stupefy their youth by legalizing marijuana while they pushed to take away all American citizens' rights to bear arms. On the one hand, I will protect their right to march peacefully, but I will protest their right to take away my right to bear arms. That I don't bear arms is my choice, and I intend to keep it that way. Emotion is on their side, as was demonstrated in their predictable speeches, but logic and common sense is not on their side. The only people who will be restricted to bear arms are law-abiding citizens. Criminals who bear arms are criminals because they don't obey the law. Even in high-security prisons, ingenious weapons emerge and inmates are murdered by a shank. Some nothing but a plastic toothbrush melted and hardened into a lethal weapon. For law-abiding people to forfeit their rights of carrying guns because criminals who murder them carry guns defies logic. Guns will always be available to those who want to kill. The black market for the sale of guns will flourish, and the criminal world grow richer and more dangerous. What will deter them? The left has defunded the police, released hardened criminals on the streets who were incarcerated by rule of law before a jury of their peers, transferred the safety of our borders to drug cartels, made serious crimes misdemeanors, and encouraged riots in the streets. A simple question should be asked. Why did our forefathers die for the right to bear arms? It was because of oppression from evil people. Today, the oppressions are even greater, coming from within by terrorists, robbers, drug dealers, and murderers who all bear arms. People who want to kill will find ways to kill, and an unarmed citizenry makes safe targets. What then is the tragic flaw? What has changed in America? It is not guns. Guns have always been available. If you look at the Internet, the headlines will read something like this. Gun violence becomes leading cause of death among U.S. youth. Since when did guns have free will that they can go around shooting people? Guns may be the instrument of choice, but the cause of gun violence is the breakdown of society, beginning with the family. 
a thing the left denies because protecting the family does not fit their paradigm. America needs a simple lesson in the principle of causality. Looking at a gun wound, one would naturally say that a gun was the cause of death. Obviously, in treating the patient, the more the doctor knows about the cause of the wound, the better he can treat the injury. But in a larger sense, a gun cannot cause death because a gun has no free will. A gun is an inert, mindless piece of metal. It is a tool only. The person holding the gun caused the death. He used a gun as his tool or weapon of choice. The headline should say, Murderers prefer guns over any other weapon. It is the murderer, not the weapon, that is the cause of death. Another headline could read, Honest citizens prefer guns over any other defensive weapon when faced with murderers who are wielding guns. Perhaps in crimes of passion, the proximity of the gun affected the killer's choice. In that sense, perhaps not having loaded pistols lying around will reduce the number of those killed by guns. Of course, in a crime of passion, the killer could pick up a crowbar, a bookend, a hammer, or any other lethal object handy. The primary weapon used by suicides is guns. One could say the bullet wound caused the death. But no one would say, if they are rational, that the gun caused the suicide. If we are serious about violence, we must be serious about identifying the causes. The liberals, as we know, are trying to destroy the Second Amendment, so they will appear as heroes. They may destroy the Second Amendment, particularly as long as the liberals have the majority and the Republicans continue to howl in public while they show silent obeisance in private, just as they did with Obamacare, with the persecution of President Trump, and with everything else the liberals want. With rare exceptions, Washington has many whiners but only one voice, and that voice is anti-American, anti-Constitution, anti-Bill of Rights, and anti-freedom. In premeditated murders, in robberies, riots, gang wars, drug wars, revenge killings, and school shootings, murderers will still choose guns which will always be available on the black market. Always. The advantage that knowing that honest citizens do not have the right to bear arms will embolden them more, and they will feel free to break into homes, into places of business, into convenience stores, and into other targets knowing they will be the only ones armed with guns. We need to address the true cause of violence, and it is not guns. If you want to look for causes, we must look at the spiritual, not the temporal, though it is manifest in the temporal. This nation is turning against Christianity. This nation is turning against God. This nation is turning against law and order. This nation is turning against sovereignty. This nation is turning against self-reliance. This nation is turning against decency. This nation is turning against the family. This nation is turning against marriage between a man and a woman. This nation is turning against the Constitution and Bill of Rights. This nation is turning against the Ten Commandments. This nation is turning against the founding truth upon which it was built as stated in our Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. The crowd's concerns were legitimate. The violence in our schools must stop. However, the cause is not with guns. The tragic flaw in our nation is the breakdown of the family. 
the breakdown of law and order, the movement away from religion, the denial of absolute values, the accessibility of drugs, the laxity on criminals, the liberal attitude toward violent demonstrations, and the general breakdown of morals. In our schools, teachers are punished rather than violent students. On our streets, police are punished rather than criminals. Most crimes are drug-related. Guns are merely a tool. Money and power have become the driving fortunes in America. In the play Antigone by Sophocles, King Creon said, Money? There is nothing in the world so demoralizing as money. The dearest profit is sometimes all too dear. That depends on the source. Do you understand me? A fortune won is often misfortune. As crime increases exponentially and self-protection is at a premium, why would law-abiding citizens give up their best source of self-protection? Criminals are deterred because they know citizens have a right to bear arms. Remove the right from law-abiding citizens and what deterrent do criminals have? Their sense of chivalry? Most winter drivers are aware of the dangers of black ice. Black ice is invisible. It doesn't look like ice, but it can be deadly. Once one hits the black ice, it is too late to hit the brakes or think about driving safely. We need to know where the black ice is before we drive on it. Brakes that ensure safety before are the cause of the accident after. So it is with gun control. The knowledge that many households carry guns deter many criminals. Removing guns from honest people will give courage to dishonest people who carry guns. The black ice refers to the invisible weapons concealed in law-abiding people's homes. If criminals know they are there, they will apply the brakes before breaking into the home. The fear of getting shot has deterred many criminals. If the criminals know that guns have been banned, and that only law-abiding people will ban guns, then there is no reason to fear reprisal. Now, just put together this scenario. Defunding the police, making theft a misdemeanor, releasing criminals on the streets, not prosecuting criminals, and disarming the citizens. What do you think the consequences will be? Today, we reward criminals and punish victims. Knowing black markets exist, there's not one intelligent criminal who would not support gun control. But there's another issue that is far more dangerous. Our Bill of Rights are being chipped away one law at a time, one executive order at a time, to the point that the First and Second Amendments no longer have any meaning. Look at the language of the first two amendments. Amendment 1. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech, or of the press, or the right of people peaceably to assemble, and to petition the government for redress of grievances. Amendment 2. A well-regulated militia, being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Where in that language does the left have the right to change the Constitution by writing their own amendments without the voice of the people? 1. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. 2. Congress shall make no law prohibiting the free exercise of religion. 3. Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech. 4. Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of the press. 5. Congress shall make no law abridging the right of the people peaceably to assemble. 6. Congress shall make no law abridging the right to petition the government for a redress of grievances. 7. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed.
Can you see how the left uses every crisis possible to violate the Bill of Rights and the Constitution? We are too short-sighted. Every decision of the left leads to the destruction of our economy, our Constitution, our safety, our rule of law, our Bill of Rights, our sovereignty, and our freedom. When is it going to occur to the average American citizen that the purpose of the liberal movement is the destruction of our freedom? That changing the Constitution is their goal, not solving individual crises. It has come to the point that in America today, every gun fired has become an excuse to take away our right to bear arms. It is not gun control they are after. It is government control they are after. They are after greater power. There are two ways to gain greater power. One is to strengthen your position, and the other is to weaken the opponent's position. Every law passed by the left further strengthens the power of the government and further weakens the power of the people. Does that tell you something? Why would cities riddled with crime defund police, release criminals on the streets, encourage riots, make theft a misdemeanor, and destroy law and order? What did they hope to gain? Why would our president open our borders, allowing drug cartels to rule who comes into our country rather than our own laws? Why, at taxpayer expense, in the obscurity of night, would the government bus illegal immigrants to cities across America? What is the outcome but the destruction of our sovereignty, the destruction of our economy, the destruction of our welfare system, and the destruction of our safety, and the subtle hope of the left to gain a permanent majority? Why would government tell criminals that they can steal up to $1,000 with impunity? Who gains but criminals? Why would we allow sanctuary cities to harbor criminals? Don't look at the language of the left. Even a crocodile has tears. Look at the effects. The only common factor is the destruction of America. Higher taxes that destroy the middle class. Inflation that impoverishes people who already live from paycheck to paycheck. 77,000 new IRS agents to intimidate citizens, destruction of small business during the COVID crisis, forgiving student debts causing taxpayers to pay for someone else's education, spending trillions of dollars in hopeless causes under noble-sounding titles such as affordable health care, using the Department of Justice as a strong arm of the left, disarming citizens, destroying our own energy supplies, and relying upon the mercy of our enemies, taking away our Bill of Rights, falsifying information, where is it all going? And it is oh so subtle, always in the name of a good cause. Yet the final result is the destruction of our democratic republic. Where in the Bill of Rights did the government have the right to prevent people from going to church during the COVID crisis, or meeting in large groups, or assembling on the streets, or going to the market? They used the COVID crisis to destroy self-reliance and small business to keep people from worshiping God according to the dictates of their own conscience. Such actions were unconstitutional. The left is using the same tactics to unconstitutionally destroy our right to bear arms. A power once taken from the people is never given back. It becomes a precedent. All crises, all decisions of our government and all arms of the government must be solved within the boundaries of our Constitution our Bill of Rights, and our established laws, or a miracle will fall and chaos will take its place. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.